Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. I remember uh, watching a PBS commentary on World War I, excuse me, documentary, not commentary. Um, and I'm talking to a friend of mine about it, and, you know, both of us, it was, it was well done, as you might expect. I mean, the problem is not what it says, but what it doesn't say. Um, you know, so many historical documentaries bleach out uh, the influence of Christian ideas. They bleach out the influence of Christian motivation on the part of individuals. They, they, they strip away the importance of uh, Christian institutions, like mission boards, and in many cases, uh, even the Catholic Church or various Protestant denominations. Um, and in particular, in this one documentary from PBS on World War I, um, there was no reference made uh, to Benedict XV's and Pius X's pleas to serve as an honest broker for peace. And this, this was a significant overture that was made by uh, Benedict and Pius. And I just, it frustrates me because I, golden opportunities are missed to present a richer, fuller, more colorful view of reality. Uh, secularism has a real blind spot here. Uh, it, it loses a lot of the color of life because it doesn't catch the significance of uh, religious ideas or institutions or individuals. You know, I just watched, uh, again, a beautiful, technically innovative documentary on the death of Vincent van Gogh, you know, the famous painter. Uh, you know, we always think of him as the one who cut off his ear, right? Okay. Van Gogh was a tr troubled man, troubled man, but he was a deeply committed Christian. And this documentary reduced his Christian faith to a single line that mentioned that uh, his church, uh, Dutch Reformed Church that he was a part of, had fired him because he was a lousy missionary and a lousy preacher. Uh, this kind of uh, secular blindness uh, serves the intended audience, I think, of maybe PBS, but it really dishonors uh, those of us who do believe that God, in fact, is a significant plays is a significant player in reality. I mean, that's he he is fundamentally what reality is about. If you take a look at the scriptures, he's the primary actor, and the scriptures give us our sense of history. Uh, you might remember when I interviewed Dr. George Yancey, who's a sociologist at the University of North Texas. He's an evangelical Protestant who's been studying the hostility to Christians in the academic world, and. Um, you know, he's doing surveys and he's accumulating data and he's doing a good job of demonstrating what George Marsden uh, made, the point made by George Marsden 20 years ago in his book, The Soul of the American University, From Protestant Establishment to Established Non-Belief. Established non-belief. I'll say it again. Established non-belief. The idea of Christian scholarship in such a university is an oxymoron. The idea of uh, Christian scholarship here is a contradiction in terms. In their minds, scholarship is always what? Secular. The idea that there's Christian scholarship is a contradiction in terms. And, you know, you see this. It, it, I, I've used this example before, but I'll use it again. In fact, it shows up in my book, Dangerous to the Faith. Neil, Legra Neil Grass Tyson, um, 
you know, at a conference on science, religion, uh, reason, and survival, complained about scientists who pray. Yeah, he complained about scientists who pray. He said, quote, I don't want the religious person in my lab telling me that God is responsible for what it is he cannot discover. Now, notice that his complaint isn't about incompetence in research, right? Nowhere does he cite an instance of a Christian uh, dropping further research into a topic because, quote, God did it. In fact, the opposite has been the case. Christians have, throughout history, distinguished themselves in every field of scientific research. Uh, Christians are frequently the originators, or, quote, fathers, of particular scientific disciplines. And in fact, that's not just, you know, three centuries ago. Uh, One of the greatest achievements of modern science has been the mapping of the human genome. And that project was headed up by a deeply committed Christian, uh, Francis Collins, who came to faith many years ago reading C.S. Lewis's Apologetics. You know, of course, Collins doesn't want religious people who attribute to God what they can't figure out. But Collins knows the Christian faith from the inside, and he knows that Christians who have earned a doctorate in one of the natural sciences don't believe in a God of the gaps. They don't use God as a cover for their ignorance. They find God in what they know about the natural created world, not in what they don't know. Um, You know, they know when there's a scientific difficulty, uh, Christian researchers know, when there's a scientific difficulty, that really that's a call. That's God calling them to discovery. Difficulties lead to discoveries. Collins told me when he was uh, looking for the chromosome that causes cystic fibrosis, he said it was like trying to find a burned-out light bulb in the basement of some house somewhere in the United States. That's the kind of research that Christians do. No serious Christian in the lab throws up his hands when he comes across a difficulty and says, oh, I guess God did it. They've learned that wherever there's a difficulty, there's a discovery that's around the corner. And yet, Neil Grass Tyson hasn't adjusted his attitude, or at least I haven't heard that he's adjusted his attitude over the years. Uh, Francis Collins, by the way, just resigned from the National Institutes of Health, where he was for about 20 years. And it's not clear to me what he's going to be doing in his next phase of his career. But this is my point. We need... We need talented documentarians who aren't blinded by the secular prejudice against Christianity or against its cultural fruitfulness. You know, I've I've used the phrase, the world's debt to the Catholic Church. Uh, I picked that up from a a Catholic uh, historian from a few generations ago. Uh, There is an extraordinary uh, bestowal of uh, beauty, uh, intelligence, invention, discovery that the church has offered to the world. And the world really has a debt to the Catholic Church. The problem is you're not seeing documentarians, you know, produce film that shows that. And, you know, there's a big document, documentaries have become very popular in the last 15 years. And we need talented documentarians to go out and make the case for us. You know, Here's the problem, is we've become what's called a cognitive minority. And all that means is that our understanding of the world differs from the social construction that is shared by the majority. 
you know, we we have a we have, we're a minority because we think differently about reality, religious ideas, influences, institutions, individuals are pushed in modern life to the margins. They're off camera. Um, they've been displaced by ideas and institutions and influences that are just more commonly favored by the secular mindset. Now, if we believe, and if we're faithful Christians, we certainly do believe, that the great flow of human history is governed more by spiritual, moral, and cultural forces than the more obvious political, economic, or natural forces, meaning disease and famine, uh, then we should be learning to tell our story better. And again, not all of us can do everything, right? This is, I'm not trying to heap guilt here, because you know, how many of us really are capable of becoming great documentarians? But some of our kids are going to be, if we give them the encouragement. I'd love to see documentarians come forth from our schools of communication. Uh, you know, there's a project going on, uh, hopefully sometime in the near future, at a, a Catholic college, Catholic University, Ave Maria University in uh, Florida, where uh, there's going to be a, a real emphasis put on raising uh, young men and women up who can tell the story using modern tools of documentary filmmaking and, and other tools as well. But um, I think it's fair to say, with Chesterton, uh, that the church is the soul of the nation. At least it's functioned that way for, for centuries. To what degree are churches functioning like that today? I mean, back in the 1980s, Richard John Newhouse was a Lutheran theologian, and he wrote his famous book, The Naked Public Square. And he argued that there are no religious moral traditions of public force in American life. That means that everywhere, everywhere you look in the history of America, where you see major cultural uh, improvement or cultural social reform, you find religious motivation there. He said, among the American people, religion and morality are conjoined. Religion in our popular life is the morality-bearing part of culture. And in that sense, it is the heart of culture. So again, if you look at, again, in American history, where human life has been improved through social movements, you know, lobbying for change, the arguments were always made using the language of gospel values, gospel rights and responsibilities. In other words, we understood ourselves as a national people grounded in nature and nature's God. And we need documentary filmmakers who will tell that story. Uh, Dr. Paul Kengor has been working with a, a filmmaker. Uh, he tells the story well in his book, uh, A Pope and a President. This is about uh, Ronald Reagan, uh, John Paul II. Uh, there's a wonderful story of Our Lady of Fatima uh, in there. And so Paul has worked on this. Uh, the film is called uh, The Divine Plan, and it, it's been out there. I'm not sure how many of you have been exposed to it. We've talked about it on this program I don't know if you've had opportunity to see it. But there's one example. And I can think of dozens uh, of stories that are worth uh, documentary filmmaking from a, a Catholic point of view. So I'm just asking, are we encouraging our young men and women to uh, work in this field? Where's the talent? You know, the moral and financial support, because it takes both. Uh, it takes a moral support to push back 
against the secular encroachments of this world. And it takes financial support. You know, a lot of people will spend money to support some new devotion or, or another. Uh, it's a lot more. It's a lot more difficult to find uh, people who will spend money in creating documentary films. Uh, so, I can assure you, we can't depend on the mainstream press uh, to do this. Uh, there are a lot of great independent filmmakers out there, but uh, they don't seem to be interested in the world's debt to the Catholic Church. They don't have eyes to see. They don't have ears to hear beyond the secular din and noise of uh, the modern world. I'm Al Cresta.